you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. The Around the NFL podcast. Mostly believes in aliens welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis and i'm joined by a room filled with some heroes colleen wolf chris wessling and greg rosenthal what's up boys and girl hey dan hey hey welcome colleen i am the girl you are on the pod today okay. a lady let's treat you with respect you deserve it. i mean i, I don't even know if that's better no nah, that's is not lady worse than girl I mean, you. I, I don't know. Do you want woman, but the but with a, a Y instead of like? Why a? can't you just say, "Hey guys"? Yeah, it's nice to have like, you. Do you back. like walk in the newsroom and say, "Hello, female"? I'm like, "Hey boys, hey girl." <laughs> Colleen sitting. In, I'm not going to change my intro. All right, okay. All right, all right. I, you know, this is. You do you, Dan. You do me. I like it coming after him. Some host <laughs> heat right here. It's nice to have you back. It's been a while, Colleen. It, it has been. You ever heard of like? When someone loses their arm or leg, like it's amputated, mm-hmm. but they still feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm always here. That's what it's felt like with you gone the last few weeks. Jeez. Thank, I think she thank haunts you? the studio. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she's the phantom leg of the Around the NFL podcast, Colleen. <laughs> that's <laughs> to have you that's great. Add that to your Happy Twitter to be profile. that. Colleen's sitting in the Mark Sessler chair. Mark on vacation. Uh, he'll be back next week. Uh, the last. Two shows that chair has been occupied by Connor or controversially. Have you, do you have any thoughts on Connor's oh my God. appearances? I loved uh, the movies. It was hilarious. And um, the guitar was so good. Mm. I need to meet that guy. Patrick Agongo just shredded on we- on Wednesday's show. Make sure you check it out. If you a lot of people yet. saying that should be a regular part of the show, which I would fully support. I think we can we can work ways to have Patrick's music uh, in here, not just for Patrick horrible. is so good. Literally around the corner. I was thinking anytime there's any type of like special circumstances or uh, some type of party on the podcast, you <laughs> yeah. get the accent here, yes. you get the amp, and away we go. Birthdays, whatever. I like well, this idea of having more parties on the podcast. It, <laughs> <laughs> if we ever do, if we ever do, is this a Creed song or not, he could, he could play <laughs> the Creed song. I don't think he can play that poorly. <laughs> uh, uh I'm I'm still, by the way, the development right before we went on the air that Greg has a tattoo. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rocked by this. What an acknowledgement by the boss. I feel like this is this should have come up at some. Well, point. we yeah. knew Mark has a tattoo. We didn't wait. Know. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Another surprise tattoo. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mark. I don't remember what it is, but it's on his arm, like uh, near like high up on his arm, like near his bicep. And Greg, you have what? It's kind of on my upper back. What is the it? Shoulder blade. You want to I'll, share? Keep, I'll keep that to myself for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give a hint. It's, it's somewhat regionally specific as some regional. It's a strawberry, isn't it? It's a strawberry no. truck. A strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
to show us. <laughs> The strawberry truck? That's actually a terrible clue now that I think of it. It's not even right. It's but it's not, a, it's not a strawberry truck. It's the state of Delaware? No state. It's nothing like that. Is it a map of It's Robert Kraft's face. It's got to be something to do with New Orleans. Ooh. Oh, yeah. oh Greg's adopted <gasps> hometown. That's right. A little bit. It's a fan boat. <laughs> uh, okay. Today's episode of Around the NFL, of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one. Uh, big fun episode today. We're going to crack open the mailbag at the end of the show. We haven't done that in a while. We'll see what the uh, listeners uh, want to know, want to know, and uh, we'll try to help them out. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Woman, wolf? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think. I don't know. Where, where are you going with I don't this know. one? Yeah, we're trying to help you guys out. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, Greg wrote a banger uh, on the site. Uh, biggest weak spots in the AFC. Last week, you you rolled out the NFC edition of this, correct? Monday, yeah. Oh, Monday, Monday. and now the AFC, and uh, just really what? good stuff. Why it was is good? West... I read it on the, my way back from Philly on <laughs> the plane. Thank you. Why is Wes so. cracking up so much? Greg wrote a banger. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny. Really good stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg once again showcasing his knowledge of the game and all the rosters of the thirty-two. Don't teams. you feel like he's been showing off a little bit lately? Very masculine of late as well. It's been yeah big week for Greg. He pushed me around in the NFL Now studio to, today. Yeah, wow. I, li- I likened it to how Harry Houdini was killed by a punch that he wasn't prepared for. Wes knocked off his feet by a, a Greg Rosenthal shot. I did push. Wait, this happened downstairs? He fell onto the, the chair. Well, that's the good thing about being you know, my size is that no one can get mad at you for coming after them because it's just embarrassing. I laughed pretty hard. You're jumping up the masculinity rankings. <laughs> just soaring the tattoo. Uh, yeah. Shove. Someone calling him the strong silent type. That was. Whoa. Yeah. Tara Deeker. He was in a band. Famously. I mean, this is all working for you. Yeah. It's all coming up, Rosenthal. And what a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that, that post. And then, of course, as we do every show, we're going to do a little bit of news. And before we get to that, we want to check in behind the glass. The Irishman, how you doing, bud? It's Thursday, Dan. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Oh. Big softball game yeah. tonight. Yeah. The Shield. I'm not going to be there. Yes. You're Neither will the doing, other team. <laughs> you're going to be doing <laughs> HQ, uh, the NFL Network morning show, tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm going to have to like go to bed at like 3 o'clock. What a ridiculous uh, what's setup your, for what's a your program. Call time? What's your call time for that? I usually get in around like one-ish. One in the morning. Yeah. Well, I know. What like, idea was this? You're doing an East Coast time on the West Coast. That's when we'll wrap up our post-game activities. I know. I'm really <laughs> bummed out about this. What I'm saying is you could pull an all-nighter. I mean, I could. I Go could, full yeah. less. Go Maybe full I will. Welcome to Colleen's last appearance. On the- <laughs> <laughs> last day at NFL Media. Uh, let's do some news, Irish. So I was very little. About one and a half, my uncle gave me a spoon. Spell it S-P-O-O-N. And that's it. That's how it started. If, if my house was haunted, I would, I would hear that child. Like, I have to always. say this. He needs to get some love. That's Akash. He's six years old. And is in the script's National Spelling Bee. Nothing more annoying than a precocious child. Oh, oh Wes. How wow. dare you? You know what, Wes? What? Somebody that's active in the dating parents think they're pool. so exceptionally cute. Give me a break. He is pretty oh, adorable, Wes. I have to say. Uh, Vox, a, Vox. Put him on a sitcom and ruin the show. That's amazing that they can spell these words. <laughs> I can't. I'm a terrible speller. I bet he doesn't yeah. tell funny jokes. <laughs> Wait, what is this that you're taking shots about? Like, you don't like they add kids to kids. sitcoms? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, it's usually a Hail Mary pass when they do that. <laughs> and then the adults act like they're so precious because that's they, not... cause they, know, they know a little bit more than other six-year-olds. <laughs> Tell us more about your feelings about kids. <laughs> I, would be... I love kids. I just don't like adults acting like precocious kids or like the greatest things ever. Those kids need to be knocked down a peg. <laughs> Dan's face right now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just letting him go. He's got an opinion. Everybody <laughs> shares their opinions on the show. Um, let's start the news, and we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens, who, you know what? As Greg put it in our piece, their offseason practice schedule just got shorter. Ooh. And you know Ooh. why? The NFL and the Ravens jointly announced Thursday that the team will forfeit one week of OTA sessions from June 1 to the thir- June 1st to 3rd, uh, and both the organization and coach, John Harbaugh, will be fined for viol- violating the CBA violation of for violating the CBA for a violation. 
That's, <laughs> that's your text body. No, it's double not. Violation. It's fine. I'm looking at it. Have been fined for violating off-season workout rules under the collective bargaining agreement. Don't for a violate. Just violating. It's a lot in sense. general. They're in trouble. Maybe John Harbaugh have been fired for violating the CBA for a violation of mm-hmm. off-season work rules. we got to get the edit team on that. Ooh. Anyway, the team is allowed – Got to edit out that whole part of the show. That's what we got to edit. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> let's do that. This is uh, keep it in. Keep it in. It's keep, funny. It's funny. keep it in. Keep it. Keep it. This is disastrous for them, right? This is going to be a major for the issue. editor's desk or for the right. Ravens. For uh, the Ravens. Uh, no, why is not. it? It's not a disaster. No, I, know, I mean, the not. team <laughs> is allowed ten OTA <laughs> sessions in the off season. The Ravens disastrous. will be without three of them. Everybody, calm down. Let's, let's be professional here. The Ravens will be without three of them. But we'll still have all their mandatory minicamp and training camp. The Ravens, in a statement, said, we made a mistake, and we are sorry for that. We accept the NFL discipline. Are you worried about this? I'm shaking my head at them right now. I can't believe. How dare they would do that? No. (laughs) This means next to nothing. I... I agree. Not to the coaching staff. They're probably really upset. And yet I find I find it interesting because when this first came up, Ian Rappaport said the Ravens sources told him we didn't know we were violating the CBA. And once we realized that we fixed it, uh, Ian reported that the league did not believe the Ravens, that they knew exactly what they were doing. And the there's some good proof out there. John Harbaugh has publicly gone against the, the OTA rules again and again, saying that it's stupid, that it's restrictive. I found a quote that said he believed the OTA rules are un-American. And so they, they tried to break the rules. Un-American. They've been they've lost OTA times before in 2010. The only difference this year, apparently, is that they have uh, Ben Watson on the team, who's high up in the union. And uh, ESPN reported Ben Watson was the one that reported them. And so there you go. You should have had all this in your copy. That's it. It is. It's all in there. I like that John Harbaugh goes full talk show host on us. Un-American. <laughs> no, I, I, Googled, oh, wow. I Googled the Ravens OTA stuff, and I was like, wow, there's a lot here. He just uh, Every year he rails against them. So he tried, they tried to break the rules. I mean, doesn't every team popped. in some way try to break the rules so they can get some type of like advantage? Yeah, welcome to the New England Patriots. It's a super minor. Oh, hey. yourteamcheats.com. I mean, the crazy <laughs> thing is it's so minor that they wore pads for one one thing it was just more that they were sticking it in the eye in the NFL, so I don't think they yeah. liked it. All right, let's move on because it really doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Lions running back Amir Abdullah is recovering from shoulder surgery, uh, which could keep him out all of uh, the offseason workouts. Jim Caldwell, the Lions coach, said that uh, Abdullah is recovering nicely but gave no timeline for the running back's return. He's an interesting guy, Chris Wessling. Uh, he led the team with about 600 yards rushing last season, but had some issues with ball security. Uh, 4.2 yards a carry, which isn't bad, but for a guy that looked like a potential explosive breakout guy, it was a disappointing first year. And there's not a lot on the depth chart there. Steven Ridley looked very slow with the Jets last year. Theo Riddick, let's not get too excited. Zach Zenner, I know Sessler loves him some Zach Zenner, but... Uh, they need Amir Abdullah to step up and be a better player this year, right? Explosive as in a really explosive burst and first step through the hole, and, and he has a lot of jukes, but not explosive in a power kind of way, and that kind of worries me. From the history of running backs with shoulder injuries, I've just noticed over the years, they don't run with authority when they're coming off of shoulder injuries. We've seen it with Ryan Matthews, Mark Ingram, and then we see the next year after the shoulder injury, they look like a totally different back. This would concern me. Well, it's a bad it's a bad backfield on paper, and Abdullah was going to be the clear lead guy. When I went back and did that piece, looking back at one of the rookies, at all the rookie carries, he was among the most disappointing because mm. I had such high expectations on what happened. And I don't know if it was just the season wore on him, there, but he didn't look as explosive as I, as I expected. He looked like an okay between-the-tackles runner, actually, but he didn't have as much juice as he seemed to in the preseason and early in the year. But right? he, didn't he get a little bit better at the end of last season? He made some plays, but he wasn't he wasn't consistent. I didn't see it and, and think, well, wow, this guy has it. Like Matt Jones, for instance, I, I saw some things I think think he can, he can be special. Abdullah didn't quite show it. I would add one caveat. I thought the Lions had the worst run blocking in the NFL last year. It's fair. They Yeah, and the stats back that up. They had uh, a league worst 83.4 yards per game rushing in 2015. So they've got to get a lot better. And losing uh, Megatron, that was always a – that w- you would think that would have helped their running game having him there. Uh, now he won't be there, obviously. So we'll see what happens in Detroit. Moving on, uh, this was something that did concern me. 
um, with the New York Jets, this Ryan Fitzpatrick drama that is now carried into the beginning of their offseason uh, practices. OTAs were open to the media in New York on Wednesday, and sure enough, a major topic of discussion was where's Ryan? And Geno Smith, by the way, we talk about Geno a lot. Greg, I know we, we joke around about how much you like him. and you know. But the bottom line is right now he is the, the, the number one guy on their depth chart. However, now that things have started, the season has started or the offseason practices have started, you realize – what a terrible situation this guy is in because he is the number one guy in the depth chart, way more advanced, and all the reporters saw it yesterday, than the two kids, Petty and Hackenberg. And yet, all anybody wants to talk about is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the team has already went out and said, as soon as Ryan Fitzpatrick rejoins us, when and if, he's our starter. So where does that leave Geno Smith? And he actually snapped at a reporter uh, who asked about Ryan Fitzpatrick's contract situation. He said, that's up to the front office and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would I speak on that? And then Rich Media of ESPN reported that he refused to take another question from that reporter. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, a report from the New York Post, Brian Costello, that Eric Decker, who was among three prominent Jets players, along with Brandon Marshall and Nick Mangold, that did not show up for OTAs this week, uh, at least Decker is not showing up out of solidarity for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get this guy back in the building because it's a huge distraction. Add it all up. And I'm concerned. Uh, this is a team uh, coming. Uh, this is a tough schedule. They got a tough schedule. Now they got this. I know it's May. I'm not going to put too much into it. Still crashing. But I do not like it. I do not like the way things are starting. It's just bad juju. You have to like the solidarity. Yeah, I was going to say, I why like wouldn't you like that? Because OTAs are meaningless for veterans like Decker. Plus, it's voluntary it doesn't matter right if he's, now. Right. It doesn't matter if he's there, but to me, that's a cool thing to be standing by your quarterback. I, I, just, I agree, but I don't know if it's totally meaningless. I mean, you want Fitz in a in a perfect world, you'd like Fitzpatrick to be there. I, I you're right. I'm not worried that Decker's not there with Geno Smith this week in particular, but you would like your quarterback to be there. It, it puts Geno Smith in this situation. If he ends up going through this entire off season and Fitzpatrick doesn't take a single snap in OTAs or minicamp, it's just a weird. It's a weird thing. It's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick is this is Joe Montana coming back and just has all this talent and experience in the system to lean on. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick. who had More like Joe year. Idaho. It's, oh. it's probably not great that Geno Smith then was throwing to guys like Kembrel Tompkins and Jeremy Ross. And Those guys are still in the league? Geek. I mean, it's fine. He's, get, he's getting reps. And actually, the, the if you want to look at a positive as a Jets fan, not having Fitzpatrick there for these type of practices lets the, the younger guys get a ton of work, and they need a lot of work. But I don't know. It just – you don't like – it's always something with the Jets quarterback position, and I just – I wish this would have been taken care of because if this carries through minicamp, then it gets – it snowballs a little bit more, and then the pressure really comes on. I guess this gives Fitzpatrick a tiny bit of leverage, but I don't think enough to make the Jets blink, so. Is there any part of this that maybe it, like, doesn't have anything to do with Fitzy? Like, I, I think it does completely, but – they were they already took part in some of the other team activities and this is voluntary and they're vets and maybe they're just not showing up because it's possible. Well, Mango had a kid and Marshall right on is, Tuesday is not related, so there it, or it's been reported that it is not related. Uh, but Decker apparently is at least according to Brian Costello. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about you know what. I think it's time. It's that time of year, guys. What time is it? It is a trope alert. <laughs> trope alert. DeMarco Murray looks like 2014 Murray in Titans practice. Yowzer. This according to... That alarm is still going off, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. According to a lot of people. According to a lot of people. Mike Malarkey. <laughs> Mike Malarkey, <laughs> who's one. full of malarkey, let's be honest. Mm. Sorry, Wes. I certainly like some of the cuts I saw, even without pads on. Those were cuts. He wasn't going to get touchdown. It was going to be an explosive run. You can tell when a play is going to work and not work. He's, he's got very good vision and very good feet, and a lot of these things we're doing, he's run before, so it's not new to him. Marcus Mariota also had praise for the 28-year-old back, coming off a terrible season in Philly after being the offensive player of the year in Dallas the year before. Nothing a power running back does in padless practices means anything. Until people are hitting, then I might start believing it, but we need to see how he looks in training. This was an OTA ultimate like sign that OTAs have started. Two quotes came out about his cuts 
within five minutes of each other. It was like, OT season's here. Trope alert. Trope alert. <laughs> thunder and thunder. The Cowboys used the fourth overall pick on Ezekiel Elliott, but don't expect the the young kid, the young buck, to get a starting Stop job right it. away. Running back Gary Brown, running back coach Gary Brown had this to say. He's going to compete, he, turned, he told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Zeke has to earn it. I think that's the best thing for our team and for those guys going forward. Colleen. If this guy isn't the starting quarterback on day one, head should be rolling. Well, I, yeah, I hope he's not the starting quarterback. But like, <laughs> running back, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, even Ezekiel Elliott looked at this and laughed. There's no – this is so ridiculous. Are you kidding what? me? What? You have, have to, to earn, earn your it? position in the NFL. Shout out to uh, Kevin Patra who started this post it with a italicized parentheses. <laughs> Dear reader, please brace yourself for some wicked spin in classic coach speak. Thank you. Mm. Kevin just going wild with the right. Oh, 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 before we move on. Yes. Darren McFadden averaged more yards per carry last year than DeMarco Murray did in 2014 while winning Offensive Player of the Year. Ooh. He also had the second most 100-yard rushing games in the league. It's a bad year for running backs. But Ezekiel Elliott ha- does have to earn it, and he came out right at the draft and said that. And, and he also said that that practice that the – What if Darren McFadden beats out of uh, It's not going to happen, though. <laughs> yeah. like, even if McFadden outplays uh, Elliott in training camp, Elliott's going to get the nod because they need to justify using a fourth, ra- fourth overall pick on a running back. Yeah, all 16 games to justify. While we're talking trope alerts, though, I love the headline in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. <laughs> shell-shocked Ezekiel Elliott having to earn starting running back. Why down. is he shell-shocked? I guess he said the speed of the practice really oh, surprised okay, yeah. him, so he was shell-shocked. Uh oh! They keep coming, guys. Girl, sound sexy. Terrell Pryor, now a wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. He's like the best receiver on the Browns besides Corey Coleman. Uh, he would like to tell you that despite being new to the position, I'm ten times better than last year. I look at the film and it amazes me. And I give that to receivers coach Al Saunders because just sitting there and doing the extra meeting time with him and him really breaking down certain routes to me and how he wants them to run, it's awesome. So the guy that looks at the old tape and says, that guy was a piece of garbage, I'm the king now. Well, I hope me. I hope he's better than last year. This is a guy who was, I guess, moving from quarterback to wide receiver. He's got to be better from what we saw. A lot of trope alerts here. Position change. Uh, you know, talk about that. That's a trope mm-hmm. alert. Terrell Pryor is a trope alert on his own. Just in general. Terrell, Terrell Pryor has officially passed Jeff, Jeff Dems as uh, the highest post-to-production ratio in uh, NFL.com history. It's a big moment for him. He name, gets one every day. Can you name a player who ha- had successfully made an impact after having a major position switch? Oh, I'm sure there's some. Joe Klecko. Like a made, made, the, made a Joe Pro Bowl Klecko. three different uh, positions. They were all defensive line. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. a substantially different position. Hey, listen. Say no more. Oh, no. Another Trope one? <laughs> wow, there's so many. <laughs> Saints safety, uh, Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Or Jairus. Bird. Uh, is injured <laughs> no. in the offseason. <laughs> no. Shouldn't we just – it's news when it. he's healthy? That's the trope. That's the trope. Every offseason, they just roll out the same old Jairus Bird is injured story. Let's like, <laughs> come up with some new stuff, uh, Saints guys. He is sitting out the offseason program because of his knee, his knee. There's some soreness in there, but he's expected to be ready for the start of training camp. Look, watch out. He'll be back. He'll be ready. He'll be healthy. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. <laughs> and that's what's happening in the news and the tropes. So now it's time for what? <gasps> Odds and ends, odds and ends. Let's get some odds and ends. Get your odds and ends right here. Ooh. Wow. What a rendition. How about that? Are we going to close the segment that way? I need to record that. <laughs> when you guys did Colleen's, that with Lindsay, Colleen's her laugh, dancing was amazing. Her, <laughs> yeah, there was dancing that went along with it, of course. Yeah. Um, that made me laugh so hard the last time you guys did it. So glad we're bringing it back. All right, so I have a couple odds and ends. Okay. Here. Lindsay's going to anchor this seg. 
No. Well, Colleen will. Should we bring her up? Whoa. We get, we get her up. Wow. Her fault for referencing her. <laughs> that's right. It's been a tough I'm day a girl for... that's sort of blonde. Right, yeah. yeah. It's when... a tough day for Dan and women. Okay. <laughs> Struggling through it. <laughs> oh, here we go. First up, Kirk Cousins. Um, it's back now. The whole Creed thing that I guess this was last week when he talked about uh, how they were working out and listening to Creed, which was cool. And which like, some teammates were refuting, correct? I guess yeah. so. I mean, maybe there was only like a couple people in the gym working out at that time. I have no Creed idea. Creedgate. But he opened up about his musical interests and talked about some of the other artists that oh, are on no. his playlist. This doesn't sound good. Yeah. So uh, in addition to Creed, he also listens to Switchfoot. What? Uh, yeah. This is. I guess this is all. It on, sounds like, like this a, is his go-to playlist. I believe that's a Nickelback Switchfoot. cover band, Switchfoot. I think they were like a Christian. It's rock a Christian band. rock band. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So I think As one of their Creed. songs is "Love Alone" is worth the fight. I don't. I remember they had a song called "Meant to Live" uh, in the early aughts. <laughs> oh, that's pretty big. <laughs> okay. Then um, Matt Carney. I don't know don't who know Matt him. Carney is. Um, don't know Carbomb. And the Frey. Oh, we know Frey. Oh yeah. <laughs> This is the song he listens to when he's lifting. The, yes. <laughs> this is what pumps him up. I, I don't really and parachute like so. This is like I mean most people listen to like something like upbeat. This is like a breakup song. I mean I feel like these were the songs that I didn't even like listening to in 2005. But if they were oh. like on the radio and I was like really pissed off and angry, it's <laughs> like driving around and maybe Switchfoot would be on, but probably not. I would angry like, at yourself. It. Yeah, so wow, that's super weird. Wow, the pumped up. Huh? Never defending this guy again. <laughs> I look the at worst him completely taste in different. Music possible. Anything else, Colleen? Okay, yes. Odds and ends. Also, we had, all right, so this estate, uh, this real estate blog called Estately. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> oh, deep I know, dive here by I know Estately. Wait, okay, see, look at that. I love it. Stop it, Dan. <laughs> so they gathered a bunch of um, data from Google to find out what the most Googled questions were from each state. And uh, actually, Will Brinson did a great little write-up on this. Uh, and, friend of, friend uh, of the sports. show. Yeah. So for Mississippi, for example, it was who is Prince? Is Prince dead? Who killed Tupac? Um, <laughs> in Kentucky, what are jorts? How to pass a drug test? What is catfishing? And how to make a baby? Oh, so, oh no. Poor Kentucky. But Maryland. How to pass a drug test has to be one in multiple Wait, what's a, the jorts one? That's weird. What are jorts? Everybody, I feel knows like that's Everybody in standard. Kentucky knows what a jort is. Come on. So in Maryland, the most popular uh, Google question is, is Joe Flacco elite? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Which, uh, let's see. I'm going to Google it right it now. Up? And well, I mean, that's, uh, I think the jury's still out on that one. The question is, uh, that's it's been a joke around Joe Flacco's career for years now. But like everyone kind of glosses over the fact that it's actually like a really good question. It's so it's so bad that like one of the third <laughs> results that. that comes up is like a Donald Trump answers the question as Joe. Oh, Flacco he did. Elite. Trump got behind. Wow. Back. Yeah. Um, and then also I saw that J.J. Watt is hosting the CMT Awards with Aaron Andrews. Um, so th that that's, makes so much sense. I can't take it anymore. All right. Enough. J.J. Watt. I feel like I have to get off the J.J. Watt corner because he might kill You're, me at oh, this point that's true. Uh, because I've been very vocal about my issues with him as a personality. Uh, but that's that makes perfect sense that he would be wanting to get involved with that show as a host. Yeah, I don't know. I never, I've never watched. I was it gonna before. say like we can all continue not watching the country music awards. <laughs> Missing out <laughs> on some have good. A, Chris have Stapleton a, and Sturgill Simpson. Not gonna have a big impact. Who? Yes. Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton. I've heard of. I know you're a Stapo fan. Yes. It's like the Sturgill Simpleton. Sturgill Simpson like is even better song. than Chris Stapleton. Really? Yes, is he, he better is. than the Fray? Well, I mean, we're showing ourselves to be uh, ah. West, West Coast <laughs> elites here, not knowing country music. Wasn't this um, yeah, I don't Grey's know Anatomy or something? That's That rings a bell, yeah. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. It's terrible. All right. Well, that's it. I, is that That's it, right? And that was Odds and Ends, Odds and Ends. Yeah. Get your Odds and Ends right here. We have them. Odds and Ends. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Great. I love these. That was our third take, by the way, everybody yeah. of that. No one will ever know. Oh, except for anyone that follows me on Twitter. Oh. Check it oh, out. Oh, no. Hot <laughs> What's it worth to you, Colleen? I was reading an article. You know, that's how you got to get the social media accounts. Got to give extra content that you can't just get on the show. Oh. By the uh, way, Wes, 
I, not to go back to another. But it was really bothering me, the position change question that he posed. Because oh, okay, I yeah. knew there had to be an answer, and I Googled it. I cheated. But there was there was a couple real ones. A lot of them were safe yeah, for the quarterback. That how long count. ago? Julian Edelman is a great one. College? No, that doesn't count. Why not? He was. Col- I mean, after they got to the NFL. He was a college quarterback, no, just no, no, like no. Terrell Pryor. Does not count. This is totally about once you've established yourself at a position in the NFL. Can you, you can say Ryan Tannehill as well. If you Denard want. Robinson. Yeah, but he was a quarterback in college. He was a quarterback in college. No, because this was a big thing when Tebow kind of flamed out. Everybody wanted him to move to tight end. And my point was, you don't just at age 25, after never having played the position in the NFL, no matter how athletic you are, right. become a successful other position. The next best example, a lot of these were cornerback to safety, which I don't count. That doesn't count. Uh, Frank Gifford. Running back to what? Yeah, I'm talking like in the last 50 years. But you're right. There weren't there weren't many good ones. All right. That's all. I wanted to. Oh, it was good. It was good scientist heat. I liked it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's now move on. We'll talk about that uh, Rosenthal banger. Uh, biggest weak spot for each AFC team. Why don't we go around the horn here? And um, Greg went through every team. Does this have a vanity URL? Does not. Mm. Bummer. Ouch. I can work on that. In fact, I believe I did a now hit where I sent it to a vanity URL that I would later create, and I forgot to create it. <laughs> NFL.com. That's a problem. Slash. NFC, AFC problems. That All teams have with. strengths. All teams have weak weaknesses. In this article, we will discuss the weaknesses of these teams and how they might hurt them down the road. Simple. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It's perfect. All right, so let's do it. Let's go through the AFC. Uh, Colleen, do you want to get us going here? Uh, you can either, you know, piggyback on something Greg says. You can disagree with something Greg says or say something totally different. All right, well, I uh, let's go with the Colts here. And I actually liked Greg's point because he said the entire defense is a weak spot. But I think we should maybe, Ouch. like – focus in on the front seven because that to me was like one of their huge weaknesses. I think both you had both the defensive line and the offensive line were huge concerns going into the draft and they didn't address the defensive line until late in the draft. Like I guess like maybe the seventh round and you look at their edge rushers. These guys are getting so old. Robert Mathis. I mean, he's 35. He's the only pure pass rusher. And then you have Trent Cole also, not a good year. I mean, Kendall Langford, he has some good years still remaining, but like I think his best year was probably his first with them. And Arthur Jones, you're still waiting for him to get healthy. He's played like nine games in two seasons. So this is like definitely a concern, I think, in my book. Soft and slow is not a good combination for a front seven. They, they've been there for four years, right? Gregson and Pagano and the roster – and the rank of their defense in terms of points allowed has not gotten any better. It's been one of the worst in the league. I would say the roster is probably worse than it ever They've was. They poured resources into and, it, too. And when Caldwell was there, they were bad on defense, too, that second year. And, and it hasn't improved whatsoever. And it's I think it's the – I would say it's the worst AFC roster defensively. I don't think there is wow. a worse one. I don't disagree. I was just thinking of Colleen's odds and ends song that got cut from the show. <laughs> no, please, I can't stop. I, I get it. I'm, I'm t- <laughs> so terrible. I like, I can't. I, I, it's, it's it, was, it was a conversation I, that happened fun. in the makeup room, and now I'm, like, really <laughs> <laughs> flustered by it. And it was, I assume it's something we can't talk about on the show. Well, just it had to do with, like, childbirth. Twitter.com. So, like, slash. totally different. <laughs> I would prefer we not talk about it. <laughs> so uh, You like working here, you're saying? Yeah, that is correct. Twitter.com yes. slash Greg Rosenthal. You <laughs> find the footage. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right, Wes, uh, why don't you uh, have a shot? <laughs> well, Greg has his own team, the Throne of East Patriots. Some, I don't know where he got this, that the defensive line is an issue. They have pot roast n- Knighton, Allen Branch played really well last year, and Malcolm Brown, their first-round pick. They're set at defensive tackle. The problem is they don't have their quarterback for four games. That's the big concern. That's fair. But they get him back, and he's he's one of the best players in the league. When you get him back, you still get him back for 12 games. It's not like coming off an injury. I'd always take – I mean, not that you have the choice, but I always take – Oh, they're still going to – suspension than an injury. They're you still going to go 12-4. and four. It's just a matter if they're going to go 12-0 and 0 once Brady like gets there. they always start slow, though, don't they? I mean, the last couple seasons they've started pretty it's slow. Rel- it's all relative because we always think that, but then they literally have gone 12-4 and four every year uh, that Tom Brady's been healthy. So, But they've had – obviously everybody remembers the Kansas City loss in their last Super Bowl year. Things were pretty – where were they at that point after that loss? In two and week, two. Five, yeah, week four, week five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about as bad as it gets, and that's all they really need to do 
with Garofalo behind um, Janine. <laughs> Janine Garofalo behind center <laughs> could be bad. Traveling, Jimmy been... Garofalo. Excuse me, I forgot about him because he, he kind of fell off the radar. But now every everybody could just like dig up all their like think pieces on Garoppolo now that they, they got deep sixth when Brady's suspension was thrown out. Just bring him back up. Nobody will like I'm know I'm so sick about re- a reading of all the appeals and everything. My eyes just start glazing over as soon as I see, like, and bank. Running back's a problem, bonk. too. Um, bonk. Um, bonk. I don't even know. Whatever. On bench. <laughs> not sure about Deion Lewis coming off a torn ACL and LeGarrette Blunt too. That's not a great combo you got. Still much better than what they had in the playoffs. Yes. I haven't even heard anything tropey about Deion Lewis. Like, oh, Deion Lewis looks like nothing ever happened to him, which is an That's been out there that he's been been doing doing well, yeah. Would you call it a trope alert? They've underplayed. It hasn't been screaming headlines, so I'll give them credit. I got one here. Patriots running back Deion Lewis could play if the season started next month. Oh, that's a trope. (laughs) I love that trope. That is one. Player X could play if the season started. Tomorrow. All right. I will throw out. Let's go back to the AFC South. The Houston Texans. Greg, you made a good point here. Everybody assumes, oh, that defensive line, they have no concerns because you have J.J. Watt there, the best defensive player in the world. But, Greg, you point out, you can't start at two positions at once. At once. Jared Crick not there anymore. They don't have a lot of depth there uh, otherwise. So you got to find somebody to pair him with. And I'll also say Jadavian Clowney uh, is someone to keep an eye on there because – the trope, I think the trope machine's been buzzing with him a little bit too, but we have really no evidence that he's going to be able to really put it together. And they kind of need that that other guy to kind of really pr- make that defense come together so that defense is a work in progress. I go quarterback again here. Hmm. What has Brock Osweiler shown us to, to think that he's going to be the answer? That's fair. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. When I'm looking at this, I'm thinking they're going to have a guy starting on their defensive line who on paper doesn't have a lot of promise or experience, whether it's Devin Still, Christian Covington, Brandon Dunn. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a good group when you're worried about losing Jared Crick. And to your quarterback point, I feel like DeAndre Hopkins made multiple quarterbacks look okay last year. So and that so- helps. I don't think that that, like – really does anything crazy good for him, but it definitely helps him maybe like come along. I think no, Osweiler I, I can be can be at least at a Hoyer replacement level starting quarterback. Level. Better. I think I think that's the minimum. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's I don't think it's that that huge a, a weakness. If he what yeah. happens when you run into a mediocre Chiefs team in the playoffs? You lose thirty to nothing. Yeah right. Keep an eye out for Lamar Miller, Greg. That might be a sandwich prop I lay out there a little. Nobody loves Lamar see. Miller like Dan Hansis they, loves Lamar. You know, you know he's going to eat. Lamar's going to eat, and he's gonna, you're going to eat the words. You know who else does? Uh, the scientists were having some fantasy talk like old times. Hubba, uh, hubba. And uh, Wes noticed how high Lamar Miller is getting drafted by fantasy. Ooh, really? Way too high. Wait, how high? Something like, like early second round. Like really? Nice pick. Yeah, nah, first nice couple of picks in the second nah, round. Take about 10, 12 receivers before you oh, take Lamar. No Miller coach has ever trusted him in short yardage wow. or goal line. No coach has trusted him to stay healthy. And yeah, he's always it, had bad coaches. Well, and it's hard It's hard to put a defense, an offense together, all these new pieces, and that you're just going to be good right away. That takes takes time. doesn't work like that. Greg, do you want to expound upon anything that uh, you wrote in this piece? I'm going to go with the Ravens and – Let's go with the cornerback situation. Although I was, everyone's talking about the Ravens as a team that are definitely going to bounce back. Everything looks good. People get healthy. I think that's all true on offense. They've got some holes on defense. I mean, they they move Ladarius Webb to safety. Their number one cornerback is Jimmy Smith, who's a great player. He's had two surgeries this offseason. He might not. He hasn't been healthy for wasn't a while. a great player last year either. Right, exactly. Because of the surgeries, he had two more, and he might not be ready for the season. Their next cornerbacks are mid-round rookie picks, Kyle Arrington, who they want off the team. It, it's one of the worst cornerback groups, I would say, in the league. A lot Ooh. of question marks. Defensive end is a weird spot for them. You know, they have Lawrence Guy, a couple guys they drafted. Arthur Brown, you remember him? Second-round pick who's kind of been a bust. They'll do anything to not play him. But he right now, him or... Who was it? Connor Orr's brother, Zach Orr, could be starting at inside linebacker. I'm wow. Just a lot of question marks. And you got to face Ben Roethlisberger and that offense twice, plus Andy Dalton. And your edge Bengals. rushers are Andy getting Dalton. really old. Right. It's mm. it's it's a defense. I'm not I'm not in love with the defense. I could see I the offense you. getting a lot better. I don't blame you. All right. You could check out all of Greg's uh, commentary on NFL.com slash Rosenthal. There's an easy way to get to it as well. That's true. Great. Thanks, buddy. Good talk. 
big week for Greg. Doing good boss work. There's a lot of love on that Masculine. side of the table. Uh, Did you get your review or something? What's happening? Listen, I'm just saying Greg's doing a nice job. Oh, yeah. all right. Right? right church, wrong pew, or whatever that <laughs> phrase is. You're on to something here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Before we get out of here, we want to hit the mailbag uh, and, uh, you know, go through some questions that the audience has. Of course, I had to cycle through all the ones who were like, if all of you were in a room, who would kill the other guy? Like, no, we're People not going to do that those. question. Oh, if there, you know, if there's a zombie attack, who you're gets on by the zombies first? If you're on an island, who slits whose throat? Like, we don't like doing those type of questions, guys. Uh, but there are some that I found especially because they all want to kill me first. It's like <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> this says a lot. We want to kill you first, or the readers do. I don't know. Oh, by the way, the um the study that we talked about that I talked about the estately study. Yes. Uh, going back to that estate blog. It was huh? done by a listener, apparently. Really? Ryan Nickham. Yeah. Yeah, Nickham. Mm. Also, call back to Greg's uh, previous <laughs> callbacks. Call <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It dawned on me that Roy Green, old Cardinals wide receiver, also played cornerback and I believe had seven or eight wow. interceptions one year. Also, you could make the argument that Deion Sanders had a little success at wide receiver. A little bit. Little. little. All right. hmm. Can we move on from that topic now? No, we're going to come back in about six <laughs> minutes and talk about Charles Woodson and Rod Woodson. Deion had some nice moments at wideout as a deep threat. All right, here we go. We'll start with Charles Montoya at Chuckman21. Forget common man ranking. What is the cynical man ranking? Uh, interesting question amongst Ooh. the heroes, and we'll open up uh, this to the, the satellite heroes. Of course, Patrick and Connor, as well as Colleen will throw in. Lindsay will throw in. Uh, the Irishman behind the glass, but there is not a cynical bone in that man's body. No. Uh, so, who is the most cynical? Uh, Wes, you're on the the floor is yours. I think there's some sentiment that that this might be Connor Orr. Mm-hmm. I think it's the boss, Greg Rosenthal, is the most cynical. The most cynical. I don't know. Sessler is pretty cynical. Sessler is moody. <laughs> <laughs> I. What about Patrick? By the way, he's just angry. I disagree uh, with that, uh, Wes. Connor was the first person that comes to mind. Here I, is, I think he is the he's the most cynical. I would put Patrick next. You know. I love things, things that I love. <laughs> I love them. I love like I love, Area man loves things. I love football. I love my job. I love books. I love my family. Oh, well, I good a, for you. I got a lot of love. Just because you love your family doesn't mean you're not cynical. Here's the, <laughs> the dictionary definition of uh, cynical. Distrusting or disparaging the motives of others mm. like a characteristic of a cynic. Number two, this is an adjective just in case anybody didn't know. Showing contempt for accepted standards of honesty or morality by one's actions, especially by actions that exploit the scruples of others. Three, bitterly or sneeringly distrustful. I feel like that this describes me pretty well. <laughs> contemptuous. <laughs> And uh, or pessimistic, uh, right? Or pessimistic cynical is group, I would say in general. I have some homework for all of you cynics out there. Oh, Google cherub scorn and Robert Frost. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, everybody, uh, take note of that. You have an assignment when this podcast is done. I, I, I think would I'm put, sneaky optimistic. I would put uh, all right, Wes and I at the bottom of the cynical rankings. I don't. Wes is. I mean, Dan is not cynical. And I don't think Wes Not is really. I've got some major issues, but cynicism isn't one of them. Wolfie, you've got a little bit of I'm cynicism in you. I'm pretty cynical. Yeah. It's he, hard to say when you call someone cynical. Like, is that a shot? That's not really. No, I don't think but, so. Like, my mom is, the is like, a super cynical. It's kind of like lock, locker room lawyer. I, even though you just read the definition, I'm not sure I still fully understand what cynical means. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> it's a great says, discussion. Says the cynic. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> uh, here we go. Richard Hunter at Not That Hunter. Are the criminally underdiscussed Chargers the best sleeper pick to make the playoffs in the AFC? All right. Well, we call your bluff, Rich. Uh, we're talking Chargers. Greg. Love this question because I'm with you, Richard yeah, you Hunter. I think the answer is yes. I like this. What Chargers. kind of cynic is this guy? I oh. like this Chargers team. I was thinking, wow, for a 4-12 and team, this is a good-looking roster. Not a lot of big holes. Got Phillip Rivers. I do think they could be a playoff team. They might be one of my and that teams. and that backfield. Whew. Okay, that's that's a little bit of a hole. That's what Spice Rack's folly. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> oh, that, no. that was a cynic shot right there by Wolf. Spice Wolf Rack's climbing the cynic shame. Spice right. Rack's boondoggle. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the question. With the question, Spice Rack would sell the Brooklyn Bridge for like three beans and some rice. <laughs> 
Wow. Super specific. <laughs> Sorry, Spice. Uh, it's not, they're not criminally underrated or whatever. They're on he double they secret. Were, they're they on were double criminally under talked about. Yeah, they're on double secret probation because you guys forced me into making them the team of ATL a couple of years ago. You're still holding. A- yes, like- they were. Go. They were boring. Let, Let it, it go, go bro. They, but I do. I do agree that they're the most likely AFC sleeper to make the playoffs. Ooh. Uh, next up, this one from Tom Perry Jones at Tom Perry Jones. Uh, what are the odds of you guys coming to London in 2016? We'll throw that one to the boss. I don't know yet. We have been working at it. We've come up with some plans with a proposal that's in the process. I we haven't had a lot of a lot of progress lately, but I'm we've hopeful. actually done homework. I'm yeah, hopeful. We've done some work. We are trying to we make are trying. it happen. It's it's it, it comes down to whether the shadowy league figures deem it uh, a necessity or worth their investment to send all of us there. That's what we're trying to convince them of. Are you going, Colleen? I would love to go. I think what we should do is stand outside the shadowy league, league figures office, sort of like the guy in New England who's yes. standing outside Gillette Stadium waiting for a tryout. Yeah, work out with Bill Bell. I think we should just stand and wait it out until they say yes and just like a, like a holdout of sorts. What do you think the shadowy league office looks like? It's like the light is really dim. <laughs> Everybody so has like figures. top hats on. As well. <laughs> you don't. You <laughs> never see their face. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing: if any shadowy league figures listen to this show, um, this is a good time to to tune in. You can send people to go talk. You know, on camera. Uh, maybe they're gonna write one thing during the week. Probably not. Or you can send people that are gonna write fifteen to twenty things. Mm. Do some reporting. And can still do and the, do a podcast and do the podcast where we put 150 whatever whatever it is listeners into a bar and we can still do the same talking on the camera. You don't even have to send the camera people. Greg, Six, that's a lot of original content. 600 listeners in a bar. Wow. Listen, or, so we'll or Mexico. We'll what to. about Mexico? Mexico. Oh, I would love that. Maybe that would be fun too. All right, let's move on. Zach Silver at. Legume underscore Dupree. Okay, bro. Uh, instead of this one was also sent to Colleen, so I'll ask you first, Colleen. Instead of building the quote perfect QB as we did on Wednesday's podcast, could you build the par- the perfect RB running back? Uh, so Ooh. I would think I will go through a list of things. The perfect running back, Colleen, uh, for speed, speed alone. For speed, God. Um, I feel like I just want to put like Levy on Bell for everything. Mm, well, um, wow. But, oh, God. Who's the fastest, fastest running back in the league right now? Well, Wes, you do those next-gen stats. Oh, that's true. David Johnson recorded the fastest running back speed with the ball in his hands in week one. Let me one. guess, 21 miles per hour. 22. No Ooh. way. And held that spot all year long. Okay, so really? David Johnson, that's solid. All right, cutting. Shady's not a bad yeah, bad guy just for speed. Well, Gurley is next one. Shady more for cutting. Elusiveness? Wait, this next one, cutting ability. Oh, that's McCoy. Probably Shady. Unless, Wes, I know you think he might be on the other side now. I wouldn't have a person of his character on my football team. But oh. Or Amir Abdullah. Uh, Ooh, if we're going like by the that. Triple Alert mm, <laughs> for cutting fair. ability. How about uh, field vision? You got you to have that when you're making your way through the line. I feel like that's Le'Veon. I think I, I, I don't know. An upset there is Todd Gurley. I think oh, Todd yeah. Gurley, that, that is the thing I think that separates him as he came into like Well, the fact that he can do everything. But that's something is, that, that you can't teach that he has. Le'Veon is so patient. All right. How about power? Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a home run. You ever shake that guy's hand? Marron. Really? He'll crush it. Yeah. Huh. Shuck his hand at NFL honors <laughs> and like I'll be it, sure to not do that. Then. The, no, I'm not even joking around. Like I've, you know, probably shook the hands of thousands of people now in my life. Humble brag. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whoa. And All right. Whoa. Mr. <laughs> Gladhander. Yeah. I've met many humans. <laughs> and let me tell you. Adrian Peterson has by far the strongest grip, which is funny because he's had ball security problems in his career, especially huh. in big games. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, but all right. And lastly, so, yes, but he's the most powerful back. Receiving ability. That's got to be Le'Veon, right? Yeah. Or Forte. Ooh, I like that. Forte is up there. But probably. Coming to the end of his career. Gore, was, take up. All Gore was up there. But I'll take the anymore. best. I'll take the best by far receiver among running backs last year, Deion Lewis. Oh. 
Okay. That's true. Not just his ability to catch the ball, but smoking linebackers off the line of scrimmage with ease. And this one, you know. Or Doug Martin. I don't know how this became a category. It's like leadership or something. Uh, intangibles. Oh, I don't even know what that means, so nobody. Danny Woodhead. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pluck. You know, intangibles. It's oh, not I, a real th- thing. I thought we were going with no, Woodhead. Yeah, we're we're deciding on intangibles are, are not a thing people should make. I feel like Forte would be a good intangibles guy. D'Angelo Williams. Dan, why don't I you like give it to him. Lamar Miller? <laughs> well, yeah. Lamar Miller is the perfect category. <laughs> the perfect machine. Uh, all right. Have we got anything else? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Let's see if anyone asked something in the last second. Frank Gore would be a good intangibles guy. Yeah. Greg's boy. Absolutely. He's, He's in the Greg the Rosenthal Hall of Fame. He's he, in the stable. He is, he is maybe the, the number one uh, spot in the stable. What do players get when they – when they go to the stable or the Hall of Fame. Well, Wes Oats. is really the one who holds uh, a real stable together. What is your policies? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit it. <laughs> I don't have any policies. It's easy to get kicked out, though. Just ask Odell Beckham. <laughs> All right, and last question. This also from Tom Perry Jones. Good job, Tommy. What is the music Tommy! that plays over uh, our outro at the end of each show? Well, it's this. Oh. Yeah. What's that's it called? It. Well, look at that. The outro. This is Dan Hansa signing Dan off Storm. for Connie Fox, the mailman, the boss, and Irish behind the glass. See you next Tuesday. Okay, new mono ultra microscopic silicone canoniosis. P N E U M O N O U L T R A M I C R O S C O P I C S I L I C O V O L C A N O C O N I O S I S. New mono ultra microscopic silicone canoniosis. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.